Grace, mercy, and peace to you from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. For much of the world, Christmas is nearly over. Sirius XM will be done with Christmas music by tomorrow, maybe 3 a.m. Radio stations that became Christmas stations have now returned to our regular programming. And I wonder if white stales still replace Christmas sales and all the stuff gifts are made of. However, Christmas is not over for the church. She is still in the full-on mode of singing praises of her coming Savior, Christ the Lord. She, that is we, are always doing that. In our gospel text, we hear what I suppose is the first documented earthly confession of who this child is. It is a wondrous and deep confession of two of God's faithful people, Simeon and Anna, as they, by the power of the Holy Spirit, recognize who and what is before them as Christ the Lord. Mary, Joseph, and Jesus appear in the temple to make the required sacrifices to God for the firstborn that had opened Mary's womb and for her cleansing after childbirth and the shedding of her own blood. Even the mother of God was under the law he had given, and all was done in order according to it, 40 days after his birth. Remember, Jesus came to fulfill the law, all of it, completely. Simeon, a man righteous and devout, was waiting for the consolation of Israel and had the Holy Spirit upon him. That is to say, his discernment of what he saw as they approached, his confession of who was before him and the joy of it, it was all the work of the Holy Spirit, none of it his own wisdom. And he, Simeon, came, into the spirit, came in the spirit into the temple, and when the parents brought in the child, Jesus, to do for him according to the custom of the law, he took him up in his arms and blessed God and gave him thanks. Why? Simeon had been told by the Holy Spirit that he would not taste death until he had seen the Lord's Christ, the Messiah, the one who would take away the sins of the world. He blessed the Lord. He gave thanks, saying, Lord, now you let your servant depart in peace according to your word. For my eye has seen your salvation that you have prepared in the presence of all peoples, a light for revelation to the Gentiles and for glory to your people Israel. His life's hope had been fulfilled. He had seen the Christ, his promise. What hope do you have to be filled? Were they all filled in the past 48 to 72 hours as you received various gifts? I doubt it. We live in a very narrow window of time. Our life on this earth is short in comparison to the length of time God has given to his creation. His creation is all we can see from the dirt beneath our feet to the stars of the heavens. In our short, little, often seemingly insignificant lives, our hopes, the things we focus on, change constantly. Mine, they often seem to shift about every 34 seconds. What Simeon saw was his hope fulfilled with the entering of God the Son from the eternal, omnipotent, and infinite into the temporal, linear, and finite order of creation. God the Son came from something we can hardly understand, eternity. Try to grasp that one. We only know the past. And some of us, as we get older, well, we have troubles even with that. We live in the present. We 
live in the present. We live in the present. But wait, now that's the past. But we live in the present. You get what I'm saying. And we fumble at planning even for a future. But try to comprehend eternity and then beyond eternity to, I don't know, eternity. It used to boggle my mind as a kid, and frankly it still does if I think of it too long. Eternity to God is as big as all you can possibly imagine. Space and time in all direction versus creation as we know it is possibly comparatively the space of this pencil eraser. From eternity, Christ enters creation for one purpose, to save sinners like Simeon, like me, like you. Simeon's words spoken to Mary reflect this. Behold, this child is appointed for the fall and rising of many in Israel, and a sign that is opposed, and a sword will pierce through your own soul also, so that the thoughts from many hearts may be revealed. And the thoughts are revealed. When one hears of Jesus, when they hear the saving gospel of his work of salvation, there is a reckoning that takes place. By the power of the Holy Spirit, the word goes out, and by that same spirit it is received. Or in darkness and denial, it is rejected. The eternal truth is revealed in Christ, and the thoughts of all hearts are revealed. Is faith and trust placed in Christ, the truth of salvation in Him alone, or is it denied in favor of one's own idols? Our sinful flesh wants to deny It wants to seek its own way. It wants to fumble along, living in the present and feebly planning for future days until the last day or until we each realize our own personal last day. It was by the power of God's Holy Spirit that Simeon recognized the Christ, not any of his own doing. It is by that same Spirit that you were called to faith in Christ and able to joyously sing the song of Simeon also. It is in essence a song, a carol. It's really a hymn of Christmas. Yet we sing it throughout the church year in Christ's divine service after we receive his sacrament. It is a confession, the same as Simeon's. Lord, I'm ready to go. Come quickly. This should be our constant and fervent thought as we sing it. What more do we need, Lord? We have seen and even tasted the salvation You have given us in your Son and his work of saving us poor sinners. We have held our Lord's body and blood in our hands and the bread and wine, just as he has promised. What more can we plan for ourselves and for our future than to simply await and joyfully expect the eternity of sinless bliss you have planned for us in our salvation? You see, our little short sinful lives are more precious to our Heavenly Father in eternity Precious enough for him to send his only son to save us, even in our sinful condition. Precious in the eyes of the Lord is the death of his saints. Saints like many of you had said goodbye to in this past year. For others, this time of year brings a longing for those saints who have gone before you to be with our Lord even years ago. Here we remember the song of Simeon with joy as you think of them in the presence of their Lord. And our Lord. They heard these words of Simeon. They were hopefully sung at their bedside as their time to exit this life and be greeted by their Lord grew nearer and nearer, sung as a remembrance and comfort 
of the wonderful gift of Christmas they received in this life. The gift of salvation and joy that awaited them. The words were spoken again at their funerals and graveside committals. Not that they would hear it. They could not and had no need. The words of Simeon, God's word from Holy Scripture, were spoken as wonderful words of gospel for all those who were mourning. Words of comfort and hope because we have seen the light that lightens the Gentiles. You see, for those baptized into Christ, like little Charlie Dean was this morning at the 815 service, Christmas never ends. It's always with us because Christ is always with us. His Spirit in us, reminding us that we are new creations, even as we still endure this little life of ours that is full of sin. Sin that is forgiven in and only in the name of Jesus. Our sin pales in comparison to the enormity of his ability to forgive. Just as our short lives here pale in comparison to the eternal joy that awaits us in the presence of our Lord. So enjoy these next weeks of Christmas. To the unbelieving world, the songs of Christmas will fade and be a memory at least until late October of next year. But for us, Lord, let us thou thy servants depart in peace. In the name of Jesus, amen.